It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ten minutes before five o'clock. A little fog out there, I think. Uh, Jill, did you have some fog coming in? I had a little fog and I had little bucks running around in front of me. Oh, boy. All right. So be careful. The deer are out and uh, we don't want you to hit those. So, again, safety on the road, whether it's critters or whether it's farm equipment, whatever the kids and school buses. Let's be safe on the road. Not a bad day today. We'll talk about our weather. It's going to be uh, a little cloudy, maybe a few more showers moving through, but that uh, fog, again, not real dense, but it is out there, so just be aware of that. So lots of things to talk about. I went bowling last night, my first night of bowling for the year up in Chippewa Falls, and it was funny. I was sitting there, and uh, one of the guys I was bowling with, dairy farmer. Oh. Five o'clock, we bowl. Okay. Now, how many times over history has the dairy farmer been able to bowl at 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Not many. Not many. So we'll talk to Brian Swoboda from up in the town of Wheaton a little bit later on of why he can bowl at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with his milk cow. So we'll talk about that. Good guy. And, uh, again, he's got a, a unique bowling form. We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. All right. A lot of other things to talk about. Uh, extension of a dairy program. Beef processing in Wisconsin is uh, going to be expanding. Money going into the CRP. And uh, one of these days, we're going to pass along the names of some young people from FFA chapters in our area that did very well down at World Dairy Expo with the dairy cattle judging. As we told you yesterday, four of our teams were in the top 20 with all the teams that are down. They're very good. So hopefully we'll get uh, that put on. And uh, it's National uh, Forestry Week, National Forest Products Week going on. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that. CRP, who's getting the most money, who's got the most land in and all kinds of things. What do we got on the calendar? Anything going on here? We do. We have something today. We have the Calf Care Connection. We'll be in Eau Claire today at the Chippewa Valley Technical College Energy Education Center. That's over the... The old West Campus, if you're wondering about that, over by Menards. Yep, and 9 o'clock registration, workshops this morning, lunch, and then farm tours. And it's going to be done about 4.30 this afternoon. All right, so again, uh, calf care, that's coming up. So we've got a lot, of, a lot of things going on. And again, we mentioned we're uh, looking at safety, farm safety. Again, whether it's the school buses, farm equipment, or whatever, there's a limited quantity of slow-moving vehicle signs. If you're still driving with uh, with equipment that doesn't have a, a lot of lights on it, you can get uh, some free SMV signs. Maybe the, uh, let's see, the Farm Medicine Center, mainly over in central Wisconsin. We'll have to call those people and see if they've got them around uh, more western parts and southern parts of the listening area. But right now, stop in at Marathon Feed and Marathon, also Allied Cooperative. You know, they're part of 
Provision Partners now that Allied and Provision Partners have merged at their facilities in Stratford, Auburndale, and Hickston. So those slow-moving vehicle signs are available as we take a look at that. Also uh, coming up, we'll take a look at more on the calendar for uh, beef producers this Saturday, I believe. Jerry Clark was in earlier this week and talked about uh, an event going on uh, around uh, the Bloomer area, right? Colfax is Colfax, the address. Colfax, all it's right. Just off of State Highway 40. It's at the Ken Schmidt Family Farm. All right, and that's going to be what time it's going to start it's on Saturday? Starts at 10 o'clock. All right, so uh, beef producers, that's a good day for you. A lot of good things are going to be discussed there. So, again, we've got uh, lots going on. Also, uh, coming up today, we're going to hear about uh, carbon payment, Organic Valley. We'll hear about that, what that's all about as far as uh, goings on. So we got lots of things going on. We still have to get through a lot of programs. We talked to with people down at World Dairy Expo. Got to get those on the air because there are so many things going on now in the dairy industry, both around the state and around the country. So we'll get the, we'll get that on as well. We've got a little fog out there this morning. We'll tell you more about it. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 13 first alert weather this morning. A little fog out there this morning, and it's going to be kind of cloudy. Chance of a few more showers as they blow through a little bit. Should be a nice day, though. About 57 shouldn't really stop much harvesting. Maybe settle the dust in the bean fields or some of that stuff going on. But again, 57 is going to be the high today. Down to 41 because it's going to start clearing out later on, and it will get cool. 62 tomorrow, partly cloudy. In fact, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday looks like just uh, partly cloudy. Sun, some clouds, not bad. Temperatures going to be in the upper 50s to lower 60s. So a nice period of weather around the area. That's where everybody is right now. Medford's the coldest spot uh, that we looked at this morning. 39, everybody else in the mid to upper 40s to lower 50s this morning. And right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, it's a nice, cool, fresh morning out there. Get up and get at them. It's the shank of the day. We've got 45 degrees right now. Nice day. A little fog out there this morning in some places, so be careful of that. Cloudy few showers. They're going to burn off clearing out tonight. So 57 today and down, down to 41 overnight. Hey, it's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is once again saying he believes the Gaza hospital was bombed by Hamas. Our Defense Department says it's highly unlikely that it was Israelis, but if it had a different footprint. While at Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany on his way back from Israel, Biden said he's seen the evidence and added it wouldn't be the first time that Hamas launched something that did not function. Palestinians have blamed Israel for the bombing that killed hundreds. U.S. officials said earlier that the errant missile came from a Palestinian militant group. Biden also said he's working on getting the Americans kidnapped by Hamas freed. The Biden administration is providing $100 million in humanitarian aid for civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. The administration says it will help support more than 1 million displaced Palestinians with clean water, food and medical care. The humanitarian crisis in Gaza has grown dire as the area has been repeatedly hit with retaliatory Israeli strikes. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez's wife and three other alleged co-conspirators have pleaded not guilty to a revised indictment in their complex bribery scheme. Brian Shook reports. 
The senator, his wife, and a third person were charged last week with conspiring to use Menendez as an agent of the Egyptian government in exchange for cash and gold bars. Menendez himself is set to appear in court Monday after claiming earlier this week the feds are hunting him down like prey. I'm Brian Shook. And Burt Young, known for playing Polly in six Rocky films, is dead at the age of 83. Young's daughter confirmed the news to the New York Times, who said he died earlier this month in Los Angeles. With over 160 film and television credits to his name, it was his role as Polly in the 1976 original Rocky film that earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He also appeared in films such as The Killer Elite, Mickey Blue Eyes, and Transamerica, as well as television shows such as Law & Order and The Sopranos. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's got a little fog out there, maybe a few showers passing through our wax listing area this morning, so be aware of that. Should be nice, but oh, 57 or so. Down to 41 tonight as it cools off a little bit, so uh, we'll lose some of the heating of the day through uh, no clouds out there. Friday, partly cloudy. Saturday, partly cloudy. Sunday, partly cloudy. Monday, partly cloudy. Tuesday, partly cloudy. Temperatures Friday through Tuesday, upper 50s to low 60s. So, nice period of weather to continue with the harvest or football or soccer, whatever, whatever's going on out there. Little hunting as well. Rice Lake, Wausau right now at 49, 48 at Marshfield, Medford, a cool spot at 39. Lacrosse 47, 51 in Green Bay, 52 in Madison and Sun Prairie, 54 in Milwaukee, and a nice, cool, fry refreshing 45 degrees outside our doors. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the visiting dairy farms down that part of the world either to see what that kind of heat, what kind of breeds they use, how they feed, uh, all kinds of where they get their genetics. So we'll be doing that too in Costa Rica and Panama. But we've got chores to do. So, again, if you want to go, get your name on the list here. You don't have to say, yeah, I'm going and I'm going to pay everything. No, you don't have to do it that way with holiday vacations. They put you on a list, hold your name, and hold your spot. That way, talk about it a little more and, yeah, we can make it or no, we can't. It's that simple. All right, let's take a look at the numbers. Jill, where are we at here? We're getting towards the end of the week as far as cash livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 174 to 187, with mixed steers at 118 to 173. Choice fed beef heifers are 174 to 187, with mixed heifers at 110 to 173. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 184. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 168, with select and silage fed steers 123 to 153. Cows are 80 to 97, with a top of 125. Bulls are 110 to 121. Butcher hogs are 30 to 78, with sows at 26 to 34, and boars at 13 to 18. New crop market lambs are 150 to 183. Feeder lambs are 95 to 220. Ewes are 30 to 130 dollars. Small goats are 5 to 165 dollars. Medium goats are 10 to 200 dollars. Large goats are 85 to 485 dollars with nanny goats at 25 to 280 dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange, uh, live cattle prices for the most part were uh, higher yesterday. October live cattle 18572 up 22, December 18720 up 32, February 19107 that was up 7 and April actually unchanged at 19380. Feeder cattle were lower November 24972 down 72, January 
$250.90 a hundred, down a dollar ninety. March two fifty three sixty, down one fifty five. And April live or April feeder cattle two fifty seven eighty two, down a dollar forty five. Hogs were mixed yesterday. December contracts closed sixty eight oh two, up forty seven. February at seventy two thirty, up twenty five. April hogs seventy eight ninety two, that was down seven cents. May at eighty four fifty five, that was down a nickel. On the board of trade yesterday, markets mostly higher. Beans were higher, over thirteen dollars at the close yesterday. Strong demand for meal again yesterday. Corn a little higher. Mexico has been a strong buyer. Also, ethanol use up. So as we look at the prices overnight, little movement, but not much. December corn overnight down a fraction, four ninety one this morning. Oats up a fraction at three seventy one. December wheat up one at five eighty one. November soybeans down a fraction at thirteen ten this morning, and December meal up ninety cents a ton at four hundred fourteen dollars and seventy cents. Dairy markets uh, improving. Barrel cheese up three and three quarters at one sixty eight and a quarter. Blocks up five and three quarters at a dollar seventy six. Butter up three quarters, three forty one and three quarters. Class three some nice movement upward. October up four at sixteen eighty six. November up seventy one cents, eighteen fifty four. December up seventy five cents at eighteen fifty nine. January up forty at eighteen sixty three. And February up twenty five at eighteen seventy five. So that's the way the markets look. Again, as we said, one bowling for the uh, first night of the year. And uh, on the team we were bowling was uh, a dairy farmer from out in the town of Wheaton here in Chippewa County and. Five o'clock in the afternoon, we were bowling. He's just a family dairy farmer. He's got no employees. So we talked to him about uh, how he could go bowling at five o'clock. We'll hear from Brian Swoboda next here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Traditionally, not many dairy farmers have been able to go bowling at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But Brian Swoboda from out in the uh, town of Wheaton, west of Chippewa Falls, is now able to do that. But you're still milking cows, right? Yes, sir. Milked them all night. Oh, that a boy. We'll talk about that in a minute. But tell me about the history of the farm and uh, what the system of milking has been all about. And then we'll talk about the, the transition you made here earlier this year. My dad bought it in 1966, and we started out with 60 stanchions and switching cows, and then we went to a, a parlor system and put that in, and now last February 7th, we went to a robotic milkers. So what was the thought process of going from the, from the parlor to the robotic milkers, and is this something to get the kids to continue the operation, or what was the process, thought process, Brian? The kids had a lot to do with it. My 13-year-old's really interested in it. Um, keep them interested in it. Finding help and labor right now is impossible almost, and just went from there. It was something, the parlor was 20 years old, and we had to do something. So so what did you do exactly? We put two Laley A5 robots in, in our existing freestall barn. I was going to say, what kind of reconstruction did you have to do to make those fit? Not much. We lost 11 stalls on the one side of the freestall barn, and they're in there, and they just walk, keep walking through it constantly. So, How did the cows adapt to it initially? The older cows, and then uh, who kind of get set in their way, so to speak, and then uh, the heifers, the younger cows? 
Uh, the older ones took a little bit longer. It was tough to get them to go through at first, but once they caught on, they wanted the relief, and and the young ones, they just they pick it up right away. So what have you seen a difference in utter health and some of those conditioning on the cows? The utter health has helped a lot with the um, not milking the quarter. The quarter comes off and the milk's done. So it'll come off. It, not one cow comes off uh, all four quarters. It'll be individually. So it, it helps a lot with the teat conditioning and and everything else with it. So Now, you had it for a few months. Have you noticed the difference besides the condition of the cows and the udders? You notice the difference in production or their willingness? I'm sure they'll go into that robot as many times as they think they can. Yeah, production's gone up over 10, 12 pounds milk. Uh, they're getting milked more four or five times a day. It's just every every day I'm learning something or every week I'm learning something new with the cows and mm-hmm. and how to manage them differently. What's the biggest thing you have learned with the robots about the cows? Is Again, this is a completely different system that you've been having for your whole life and the cows have been used to. What kind of differences have you seen under health we talked about, but what else? Uh, they peak earlier. Their milk production will peak at 30 days instead of 60 days. So you got to have the condition of the dry cows in, in better condition. The condi- body conditioning and stuff has to be better with the dry cows to get them to, to, for maximum performance. And feet, feet, of course, is a big thing with them, too. Well, you got, the, as you said, a boy 13 years old. What's their enthusiasm now for dairying? With this system versus the old system, uh, he can do it all. <laughs> he can. He's done it all with his with driving the tractors and now owning a couple of them. And at thirteen years old, and now he can manage the farm easier. Now, what's his name? Carter. All right. So Carter Swoboda is going to be a dairy farmer. Yep, I think so. <laughs> right. How are the crops? I know you got to chopping done and things like that, but how is how's the feed situation going into winter? Uh, the crops are good. I, I had a uh, above average yield actually on on haylage and stuff this year. I don't know where that came from. I thought it was going to be down a lot. The corn did good. We didn't have many dead spots out there, so should be good. So we're going into winter confident that the things are going to be in place on the Swoboda farm. I think so. We'll right. see. <laughs> we'll see. Like we always, we'll have to wait and see. Brian Swoboda, again, out in town of Wheaton, transitioning to now robots on the farm out in the town of Wheaton. With And again, that's uh, Brian Swoboda, and we bowled against him last night, and I, and I was watching him bowl, <laughs> and, and he had a, a different form. I, I take four, maybe five steps. It takes nine steps to bowl. He does, and I start mention that, and his teammates laughed because they said, "Well, we call him Shuffles <laughs> <laughs> when he bowls." But good guy. We had uh, fun bowling last night. But uh, interesting. Went there to the uh, robots. Son Carter showing some interest now, and more interest in taking over the family farm, keeping it in the family. As he said, you can't find help, and I want to milk cows. I don't want to manage people. And so uh, Brian Swoboda with us this morning on Wax. You never know who you're going to run into at bowling. 17 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Speaking of dairy, we got a program that's been extended. We'll talk about it. 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, extension for dairy producers. Jill, what's that all about? Well, the U.S. Department of Agriculture officials are giving dairy farmers a little longer to apply for weather-related disaster aid through the Milk Loss Program. That program is designed to compensate dairy producers who had to dump or remove milk without getting paid for it during 2020, 2021, and 2022 because of qualifying weather events. Weather events like tornadoes and floods, that's the type of thing. The deadline to apply for that aid has been extended two weeks and will now end October 30th at the County Farm Service Agency offices. So call them up if you think you might qualify. And beef processing in Wisconsin is scheduled to grow in the next couple of years. Officials at American Food Group, based in Green Bay, say they are in the process of building a facility that will handle 2,400 head of cattle a day and cost about $800 million to build. That plant is scheduled to open in January of 2025. American Food Group is now the fifth largest beef packer in the country, with processing plants also in Minnesota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Illinois, and Missouri. All right. So, again, a little fog out there coming up. We're going to talk about uh, carbon payments. Organic Valley has those coming up on wax. We've got, uh, again, 45 degrees out there. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. When it comes to adding more revenue to your farm, the conversation around selling carbon or carbon credits is growing. And today, farmers do have the chance to get paid to reduce carbon emissions or keep carbon trapped in the ground. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Organic Valley has started paying its members to reduce carbon within their supply chain. And this is thanks to a $25 million Climate Smart grant from the federal government. They're going to give incentives to about 500 of their member farmers to lower their carbon footprint. Nicole Rokovich is the Director of Sustainability at Organic Valley, and she answers some of the logistical questions of how you even measure carbon and how much money each farm will get. She says a climate-smart practice on the farm is really anything that reduces greenhouse gas emissions or locks carbon in trees or soil. Our farmers will be implementing practices that either reduce greenhouse gas emissions, like improve manure management, such as composting, installing solar on farm, and practices that sequester carbon, such as planting trees. Those are three examples. So has Organic Valley gotten their first check yet? When does the money start coming in and and when does the project start? We did get our first check. It was a small one because we've uh, slowly ramped up. Our our grant got finalized late spring of this year. And so right now we're onboarding our partners who are going to be doing the practice planning and design with our farmers. Um, and we'll soon be enrolling farmers this fall and winter. How are you recruiting your members to be a part of these projects? Well, we are a cooperative, so we have many messaging points with our farmer members, right? We have a lot of close contact and interaction with them. So right now we are messaging to them that we can do the practice planning for those three practices, the manure management, the agroforestry, which is planting trees, and the solar. 
and that we can help provide the cost share and the financial incentives to get those practices in the ground. When does the data start coming out? Because is that is that something that you have to provide to USDA and say, hey, we are making progress, and how are you going to collect that data? Yes, we will be tracking the, the greenhouse gas benefit or the climate benefit of every practice even before it's installed. So before the practice is installed, we we model or we calculate the anticipated carbon or climate benefit. Um, and then when the practice is installed, we verify that the practice was installed as expected. And then we do annual monitoring and verification to see if, see if it's producing what we expected over the years. Now, you told me you're going to start working with farmers in fall and, and winter months. How many do you already have in the book that are gung-ho, we want to do this? Well, there's quite a few. I don't know what the exact tally is. You can't plant trees over the winter, so the tree plantings are scheduled to happen in the spring. Um, but we think before the spring, we'll get some manure management and, and the solar projects starting to get going. Did the grant money you get have a deadline for when everything has to be implemented? Yes, ours is a five-year grant, so this goes until 2028. So we believe we have plenty of time to get farmers excited and enrolled and, and installing practices. You, know, you said 500 farms that you'll be working with? Mm-hmm. How many of those are going to be in Wisconsin? Well, so this is open uh, to our dairy and egg members across the U.S., which is about 30 30 states. Wisconsin does have a lot of farms, so many dozens of Wisconsin farmers will be signing up, I anticipate. How many staff members did Organic Valley have to tag in or hire so that they can do this? We, through this grant, were able to hire three new staff members. So uh, a carbon data manager who will be managing all the data. Um, And then two specialists uh, to work one-on-one with the farmers themselves to sort of project manage the individual projects. Uh, And they have focus areas of either the reduction in greenhouse gases or carbon sequestration, sort of how their roles are divided. Nicole, is there a standard way to measure carbon sequestration? Who do you reach out to for these for these equations or measurement mm-hmm. tools? Does USDA govern how you can measure it? Are you looking at a third party? USDA is not governing how how the the carbon gets measured. Um, but for our program, one of the major indicators is the soil organic carbon. So soil organic carbon is a component of soil organic matter, which most most farmers are familiar with. Um, And so that's specifically what we'll be measuring and then within a certain depth of soil. And then you can actually calculate the carbon in that amount of soil. And that's the below ground carbon. And then the other component for trees in particular is the above ground carbon. And that's really like the diameter of the trees. Would Organic Valley have made these types of investments if this Climate Smart program didn't exist? Yes, we were planning this investment. Actually, it was perfect timing right before this grant was announced that it was available. And really what this uh, Climate Smart Commodities grant opportunity has allowed us to do is scale up what we were planning and, and help us to 
really achieve the goals that we had already planned to reduce our carbon footprint as a, as a business. Yeah, and this grant has allowed us to do that in this short time frame. How much money does each farmer get? That is a difficult question to answer because I think one of the things that's unique about our project is we're not, we're paying based on the carbon outcomes. And so we need to calculate the the carbon that's reduced or sequestered for each individual practice. And it varies farm by farm depending on the farm, the specific practice, the size of the farm, the management. And so it's, it's really hard to answer. But I guess I could give a couple examples because there's different incentives. One is the technical assistance to plan the practice. That's worth, you know, maybe five to $10,000, um, maybe 15000 depending on the practice. That's covered 100% by the grant. And then also coming from the federal portion of the grant is a carbon outcome payment that helps pay for the practice itself. And for a manure management project, that could be $100,000. For a tree planting, it could be fifteen to $20,000. And again, carbon payments. We've been talking about it a long time. They're trying to get their ducks in a row as far as uh, how to make it work. And uh, they're, they're getting, getting closer, doing a lot of it. But uh, again carbon sequestration and getting paid for it. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock, we're going to check some markets over at Premier Livestock. Rocky's going to join us next. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, he's got his 10-gallon head on and his spurs, and he's got the saddle ready to go. Rocky over at Premier Livestock and with him. Morning, Rocky. I think you got the wrong horse sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, you're not going to be demonstrating any fine moves in the arena, huh? No, no, it wasn't quite like the Yellowstone dispersal here. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of horse, what's that, tomorrow? Yep, you betcha. All right, what time? Uh, sounds like we're going to have around 200, catalog is up, so oh, yeah, good. I think you get, uh, get things, events rolling around 9. So. All right, so that's uh, that's a horse sale, but we got to talk about other livestock uh, as we get close to the end of the week for that. How's it been selling the cattle this week? Uh, good. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold right at 300 head of dairy cattle. Uh, market was steady. We had three short notice complete dispersals. Uh, definitely maybe not on the top side of uh, the quality all day, but uh, top fresh cows from 2000 to 2450. Uh, many cows from 15 to 1975, then blemished and plainer quality cows, 1475 and down. Uh, top spring and heifers. We did have some very good spring and heifers yesterday from 17 to 2350. Uh, many of those better heifers selling over $2,000. Uh, next week, we got uh, two dairy cattle auctions. Tuesday comes around once a month, guys. Uh, special monthly dairy heifer auction. If you're buying or selling heifers, it's the best offer, the hef- sale that we offer uh, for heifers. We get buyers from lots of different states. Uh, kind of keep in mind, if you're looking at the November sale, we're going to kind of be bumping into that Thanksgiving deer hunting time. So you might want to look at this sale. Uh, got a lots of nice heifers already consigned here, uh, coming out of 28 to 34,000 pounds. Uh, definitely many very 
elite consignments for this heifer sale. Uh, we got our sale Wednesday. Uh, like I said, guys, if you're looking for quality tie stall cows, we have two tremendous quality registered herds for that sale. Um, about as fine a herds as you're going to find here, guys, if you're looking for them good tie stall, deep pedigreed registered cows. Uh, we'll have catalogs on both herds, but we do have one of the herd catalogs already done, uh, full multi-generation catalogs uh, on the website if you want to take there. If you want to stop by the market, pick one up, that'd be great, too. Uh, we'll recap the uh, week here, guys, some highlights. Uh, most uh, high-yielding market cows from 105 to 123. High-yielding market bulls from 110 to 125. High-choice and prime Holstein steers 160 to 167. Choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.82. Uh, high-yielding organic cows from 140 to 158. Uh, say it every week here, guys, but make sure you know what your calves are worth here. They're going to auction here. Newborn Holstein bull calves from 400 to 595 on the Holsteins. Beef cross calves. 550 to 800 dollars. Uh, reminder: hay auction. That's every Wednesday at 9:30, guys. The hay is really in demand. If you got hay to sell, uh, let us know. Give us a call. Bring it over. Uh, like I said, uh, everybody's looking for hay. It's a lot higher. Uh, machinery auction. That's November 3rd. Uh, like I say, really want to push you guys to get those consignments in. Uh, we're not accepting consignments this Friday due to the, like I said, the large horse auction. Uh, just will not be unloading machinery consignments. So we will be here Saturday from 8 to 12, and uh, like I say, last week, that'll be your last chance to get stuff in. If you guys don't get it in early in the week next week, it might not make some of the advertising deadlines, um, so certainly want to get rolling on that. We had lots of equipment come in yesterday, uh, but uh, any questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500, and Bob, that's what's shaking. Where's that hay going? Uh, majority of our hay is, is staying local. It is. Um, I thought guys it, made pretty good hay crop this year. You know, I, I say local anymore at 150 miles. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, we had plenty plenty areas in that circle that are awful dry. But. Yeah, they sure were. That's for sure. All right, sir. Have a good one. You too. Bye. There he goes. That's Rocky over there. Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Yeah, we had some dry weather, getting some moisture now, and uh, we're going to find out. Maybe a little more today. 13 first alert weather. Mike Dandry is with us. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? I guess uh, I guess I was a little late, or you're a little early, or both. Well, I don't know. I'm, I like to be early. <laughs> well, that's fair. Lombardi is... time. We're on Lombardi time, man. If you're if you're on time, you're late. Well, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm not uh, not subject to Lombardi time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a problem you've got to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's tough in Sixburg. <laughs> oh yeah, I know it's tough in Green Bay too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's going? A little more showers today than uh, than improving, getting better, drying out, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for the weekend we'll uh, be mostly dry. Now we do have a few showers that are rolling through right now, of course, but cloud cover pretty much going to dominate for the day. Even a little bit of patchy fog that we've seen develop, but highs mostly in the mid to upper fifties. A bit of a wind out of the northwest, mostly five to ten miles per hour, though. This just comes on the backside of that system that brought us rain yesterday, bringing us rain today. Partly cloudy tonight as things wind down. Lows in the low 40s. Tomorrow starts off with a good bit of sunshine and temperatures warming to the low 60s. But we do have another disturbance that will move through later on tomorrow night. That could spark another chance at some showers with a mostly cloudy sky. Saturday, we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun with temperatures in the mid-50s. Sunday, a little bit more sunshine, mid-50s as well. Monday, 
upper 50s, so really not that bad, nothing out of the ordinary anyways. But then Tuesday, that's where we have a good chance at some rain that'll be heading our way again with highs in the low 60s and some of those showers continuing into Wednesday as we cool it back down to the mid-50s. Right now, some light rain in the area and a temperature of 46 degrees in Eau Claire. Ooh, we're going up from where we started. That's unusual. Yeah, a little bit, but... uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see those temperatures not climb too, too much throughout the course of today, about another 10 degrees. Uh, not a bad day, though. It's October. I was going to say, this is a very typical October day. Uh, yes, it is. Thank you, Michael. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. All right. There he goes. Mike Dandry over 13. First alert weather as we look at our markets and weather. And of News with Morgan brought to you by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 46 degrees. And we're also 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's go over to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. Now, How are we doing? When you went to college, I was having a discussion earlier, and I don't know if you saw this news story around here, but I don't know if it's news or kind of a feature story, <laughs> that over at the UW-Eau Claire, they're thinking about or planning to hire, I don't know, monitor or cop or sergeant at arms whatever for the library because uh, too many kids what? are eating and sleeping in the library now you went to college i went to college mm-hmm. and i got some of my best naps in the library <laughs> did you didn't you don't now don't give me that that you went to the library to study you know every once in a while i did make it to the library to study but i think must the, have been the name of a bar in that town maybe the library i will tell you though was one of the quietest areas to tuck yeah. in and get a nap you go into yeah. some of those shelves i went to an art squad if you go between the science and the math department in those shelves no it's not a soul you could have slept for days and yeah. nobody would have detected but you they got a higher they're planning to hire somebody i don't know but good place to nap anyway what else is going on well we better stop the snoozing and wake up to the headlines today and that begins in our state good morning learning that a man who brought a pair of guns to the wisconsin capitol to see the governor went back yesterday capitol police say joshua policenik went back to the state house yesterday to get his stuff his officers arrested policenik twice this was october 4th after he brought his dog and a pistol to the capitol and then demanded to see the governor he bonded out of jail that afternoon and you may remember talking about this earlier in the week as he returned with a rifle. That's when police arrested him again. Now, this was just Tuesday of this week on another charge stemming from that incident. But the Dane County DA refusing to press charges. It's now Capitol Police asking he be banned from the building. The judge will decide that during a hearing today. In the Wauwatosa area, a man is dead after an officer-involved shooting in Watertown. Sorry, it happened yesterday morning not far from a school, as state investigators say. they were Police responded to property damage, and that's when the suspect took off and then turned toward officers with a gun in his hand. At least one officer was shot and killed. They shot and killed him. Luther Prep, the school in the area, was on lockdown, but school leaders say no children were hurt. It's now the State Department of Criminal Investigations that looks into the incident. In headlines that move us closer to our area, Eau Claire's former sheriff has been named one of the state's first responders of the year. A state assembly yesterday recognized the late sheriff Ron Kramer for his 47 years of service to the community and law enforcement, and it was the sheriff's wife that accepted the honor in his place. Of course, Jill and Bob tell you in the morning moving in that the deer are also moving in up and at them at the shank of the day. And the Wisconsin State Patrol just once again putting out that reminder about deer. You're better off to slow down and hit them if it means you don't have to swerve at a high speed or possibly worse, hit a tree. They say overall there were 16,000 crashes involving deer in the state last year and the 30 pointers on the move. So just a heads up as we commute during these darker times of day, they're moving too. And if you've already had quite a week and you're looking 
looking to crack a cold one, you might want to move to the rail shelf. Gin and tonic? It, it used to be. As a medicine in India as a treatment for malaria. Quinine and tonic was used to treat the disease, but tasted so awful, a Scottish doctor mixed in a little gin to help it go down. Mm. Liquor.com says 45% of us drink them, and a lot of famous people do too. Hemingway, Churchill, Hitchcock, Sinatra, Madonna, even the Queen. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. You have to wonder how bad it tastes if gin helps it go down, right? Yeah, trade that in and stay with our glass of milk as we head back to the barn with Bob Bolsold, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 4.5. Add my name to that list. Yeah, you're in I good like company. Gin and tonic. I Do cannot you? stand vodka and tonic. Oh, gin and tonic tastes like pine needles to yeah, me. Yeah, that's what's good. It's refreshing. <laughs> Is it? Vodka tastes like a flat tire. It's potatoes. You're getting your carbs. Oh, yeah. You well, carb up. Get potatoes I'm ways. Norwegian. We put potatoes in everything. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> it's like liquid right, lefse. Go, go have some lefse and peanut butter for breakfast. <laughs> hey, I'll whip you up one, too. All right. Thank you, ma'am. It's a date. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning here on Wax. Once again, 46 degrees, looking for about 57 today, and uh, money going out to those in conservation, Jill. Absolutely, and it it is a major part of the Biden administration's effort in rural America. They're shelling out a lot of money for conservation programs. So far this year, the USDA has paid out more than $1.77 billion through the Conservation Reserve Program. In the past couple of years, land in the CRP has gone up over 4 million acres to almost 25 million, an increase of over 20%. So far in this fiscal year, which started the 1st of October, over 2 million new acres have been added to the program. The top five states inland rolled in CRP are Colorado, Texas, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas. The five states getting the most CRP payments are Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Missouri, with Iowa landowners getting over $402.5 million. Maryland landowners get the highest rental rates per acre at $242.88. And uh, again, that's uh, interesting to see who's getting what. As we Jill just told you, Maryland getting over almost $243 an acre. Iowa, 238. But what about the states that are getting the lowest CRP rental rates? Last Friday, we had that little quiz about uh, which state has the highest uh, average rental rate for cropland. It was Arizona. Arizona only gets $13.70 an acre for CRP ground. Nevada, the lowest, at $10.12. Wyoming just under $16, New Mexico 18.44, Idaho 20.59. So it's interesting how that uh, how that does play out as far as the CRP who gets the most, who's got the most in and who gets the least. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. And before we move into our markets, I want to mention that Sparta FFA will be our featured program on FFA on the air for this Saturday morning. And if you miss it on Saturday, I put it on the Wax website. Go to the Wax website, Midwest Farm Report. Go down to the tabs and find it under interviews. But now we need to go to Baron Equity and hear from Brittany. For beef steers, we had a late test, but our high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 159 to 168.50. Choice Holstein steers were 140 to 158, and unfinished steers and heifers were 139 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 92 to 111, 60% sold from 72 to 91, and the bottom 20% sold 71 and down. 
Our coal bulls, they sold from a dollar to a dollar eight with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is this coming Saturday, October 21st. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to the farm to look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. It's always a fantastic day at Colfax Chevrolet. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it is 46 degrees out there, and it's time to head south to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman for more market. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Sears and Heifers 182 to 190. The Choice and Select Beef Sears and Heifers 166 to 181. The Beef and Dairy Cross Sears 160 to 180. The Highland Choice Holstein Sears 156 to 164. Choice and Select Beef Sears and Heifers 145 to 155 with the unfinished Sears Heifers. And heavy sears a dollar to a dollar forty-four. Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar fifteen. The Highland Slaughter Dairy Cow is ninety to one oh five. The cutters and utilities seventy-four to eighty-nine. With the low yielding and canner cows thirty-three to seventy-three cents a pound. Bull market steady and most bulls bringing a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Topping at one twenty-three today with the thin full and bulls over twenty-two hundred pounds discount at ninety-nine cents and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday. October 19th for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon followed by feeders at 1230. Be sure to check out our website with a listing of early consignments. This is Hut Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update and we thank you for your business. And our market's brought to you by the folks at Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland and that means we go to Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Well, good morning to you, Bob. We're doing good. Kind of a nice, mild morning for October, so we can't really complain. Uh, got a, a little bit of a shower yesterday, a few a few little showers, nothing super major. Like you said, probably not going to slow down too much field work. But still, uh, with the heavier rain last week and uh, some of the heavier soils, I think they're going to... Going to be a bit before they can get on there without cutting the field all up, you know. Yeah, so, we'll see. But uh, they'll get her done. They always do. What's uh, what's been happening at the barn this week? Well, we better do that too here, uh, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Summary from uh, yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the feeder cattle sale. Had a lot of good quality feeder cattle on the auction yesterday. Lighter weight beasters and heifers yesterday, selling mostly from one seventy five to two sixty. Uh, your middleweight uh, cattle, middleweight beasters and heifers, mostly from one sixty to two forty. And your shorter-term cattle, uh, heavier weight beasters and heifers, mostly from 140 to 190. Holstein's about, Holstein's uh, all weights of the Holstein's selling range pretty much from 130 to 170. Market auction yesterday on the cows, uh, mostly steady. Uh, High-yielding fleshy Holstein cows yesterday selling from 96 to $1.14. We had some very fancy beef cows sell all the way up to 128 topping on those beef cows. Most of the cows this week, your average cows, continue to sell between 70 and 95 thinner, plainer cows below 70 On the fat cattle trade yesterday, uh, choice-grading Holstein steers are selling uh, from 148 to 166 High-yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins yesterday from 167 to 174 on the top on the prime cattle. Select grading cattle, 140 and below. Bull market, uh, better quality bulls in yesterday's sale from 108 to 120. Extreme top at 128 on the bulls. Lighter weight bulls, a dollar and back. On the calf market, the middle of the week here, good quality Holstein bull calves selling from 250 to 425. Beef calves continue to be in very good demand, 400 to 720 here in the middle of the week. And we are on Thursday already here in Stratford. We get on the way this morning at 11 o'clock. 
uh, market cattle today, of course, uh, and maybe calves will get to those uh, 12, 12.30 this afternoon. So just keep in mind, uh, next hay auction here in Stratford will be next Tuesday. Our next uh, feeder cattle auction will be next Wednesday. And as per usual, if you have cattle looking sign, let us know. Put them on the list for you. 687-4101 is our phone number. Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you. And I don't know if I watched much of the game last night. Uh, Mr. Scherzer did not look very good. No, I think uh, he and Verlander, they're about done. I don't know, they're getting a lot of money for not much performance, that's for sure. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You guys enjoy the day. Thank you. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Let's take a look at more markets courtesy of Synergy Co-op. Board of Trade yesterday was higher Beans were higher. Strong demand for meal continues. Mexico buying corn. Stronger ethanol market overnight, though. December corn down a fraction at 491. Oats up a fraction at 371. December wheat up a penny at 581. November beans down a fraction, 1310. With December meal up 90 cents at $414.70 at the country elevators today. Northside elevator loyal location. New crop corns at 446 with soybeans at 1231. Arcadia location, corn's at 446 with soybeans at 1232. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 436 with soybeans at 1241. And Connersville, corn 436 with beans at 1236. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plum today, 458 a bushel at Baldwin, 441, beans 1231. In Duran, corn's 436, beans 1221. Mondovi, 441 and 1226. Elmwood, 446 in the corn, 1231 in the beans. Fall Creek, corn, 436 today, beans, 1221. And at Osseo, 451 and 1231. Out at Elk Mound, corn, 436, beans, 1241. Sparta, 439 and 1217. Ellsworth corn, 416, beans at 1211. At the ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley, both 451 a bushel. New Richmond grain facility, 446. Barrel cheese up three and three quarters yesterday, 168 and a quarter. Blocks up five and three quarters, 176. Butter up three quarters of a cent at 341 and three quarters. October class three up four at 1686. November up 71 at 1854. December up 75 at 1859. January up 40 at 1863. February up 25 at 1875, finally going the right direction. Hey, weather, 57, maybe a few showers out there today, a little fog, but should be a nice one. Enjoy it and do whatever you're doing. Do it safely. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com.